Welcome to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim Duramo. I'm a conventionally trained physician sharing how the body heals and how you can access this state of healing effortlessly. Okay, we're live. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you for being here. (laughs) We have a special episode today with me and Jessica. And for those of you that don't know who we are, we'll introduce ourselves. Um, And today we're talking about why trying harder doesn't help you heal, which me and Jessica have experienced personally, trying to heal ourselves and from working with people privately and working with people in the Embracing Health group, we see a lot of common things about why people aren't healing. Um, And one of the main things that we've seen is because people are trying really hard to heal. Um, And we're going to talk about today why why that doesn't work. Um, But yeah, maybe let's just start by introducing ourselves. Jessica, do you want to share? So my name is Jessica Sullivan, and I've been um, doing this work for many, many years now working with Kim, but I first came to Dr. Kim as a client going through my own struggles with chronic illness, chronic Lyme disease, chronic fatigue, severe anxiety, depression, um, you name it, I've probably experienced it, um, a whole array of symptoms. And when I found Dr. Kim, I was stuck. I was really stuck in trying to heal myself and trying to get better and doing all of the things and being on that hamster wheel. And it just wasn't working. So when I found Dr. Kim and started to relearn how to be in my body and how to let healing come in, it shifted and changed everything for me. And I began began healing and fully healed and then started um, working with Dr. Kim. And then for the past two years, Alicia and I have also been coaching and doing private sessions as mentors <clears throat> and working in the Embracing Health program, which we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go into the call. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, <laughs> that's how I arrived here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I call you a walking miracle because, aww, aww. <laughs> because you know, doctors said that you weren't going to heal or like the, they yes. can only get you like 70% better and yet you're totally healed. So yes. you are a walking miracle and miracles are normal and you show that to people, which I really love. Oh, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have like a similar journey as Jessica. Um, what brought me to this work was that I had severe depression and suicidal thoughts. And I had a lot of other things going on with me at the time, but like they weren't getting my attention as loud as the depression. Like I had physical things. I had acid reflux, um, issues with my bladder. I didn't realize at the time that I had mold and candida and Epstein-Barr virus and all this like strains of fungus and bacteria in my body that I didn't know. And that I didn't even have um, an interest really in healing those things at first. It was more like I just wanted to heal from depression. And that's what brought me to this work. And then I ended up healing those other things, even though I wasn't trying to. And that happens a lot for people that come to this work. They're coming for like one thing, like heal my illness. And then their relationships change and their career changes and like all these other things change um, because this work really invites you into a different consciousness. So like everything in your life changes because everything is responding to your state of consciousness. Um, 
And yeah, like Jessica, I was like trying really hard to heal. Like I was trying everything, you name it. I probably tried it and it wasn't working and it wasn't creating anything until I found this work and until I really surrendered and started to welcome what I was feeling and embrace what I was feeling. And it, I, I was thinking about this yesterday that everything I that's got created in my life, like massive shifts that got created in my life, things I really wanted, like healing from illness or massive shifts in my career, all of that happened when I wasn't trying, yes. when I wasn't when I wasn't efforting. It was when I surrendered. Every single one of those things. Um, so yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about today, guys, is like why trying harder doesn't help you heal. You guys can share where you're tuning in from as well. Yes. <laughs> we Hi, look everybody who's on the call. Yes, thank you all for being here too. Victoria. California. Hi, Lisa. Oh, Cassia, we love you. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, from Vancouver. I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Jessica is in Just outside of Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from okay. all over. Awesome. <laughs> Ottawa, Chicago. Wow, there's so many. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. So um, the, the reason why trying hard doesn't help you heal is because the only reason that like something unwanted is coming up in your life, like an illness or any problem, or if you're triggered in any way, it's only coming up to bring up an energy in you to be cleared like something you're carrying that's not serving you that isn't aligned with your natural state of like unconditional joy and peace and love. And that's the only reason it's coming up. So if you don't meet the energy and you go straight into trying to fix the problem, trying really hard to fix the problem, yes. you end up like just moving the parts around and you didn't actually create a real shift. So either that thing will stay in place or it will show up in a different area of your life to meet that energy. So um, it it's it won't create a true resolution if we just go into fixing the problem because the problems don't exist in the same frequency, or sorry, the solutions don't exist in the same frequency as the problem. That's a quote from Einstein. So like, let's say you have an illness that's that's coming up for you. The, the energy that, is coming up from you being in that illness. So maybe you feel hopelessness, maybe you feel fear, uh, powerlessness. So the illness is like a match for the for the frequency that you're in, the state of consciousness that you're in. So the solutions literally can't exist in the same consciousness. So you have to come into a higher consciousness for the problem to just like not exist anymore or for solutions to exist. And that's why trying really hard doesn't work. You know, and you'll hear me and Jessica say a lot, what you resist persists. And that's that's exactly why, because the solution can exist in the same frequency. And it, this thing that's happening in your life is not happening for you to just resist it and suppress it and avoid it or try really, really hard to fix it. It's actually happening for you. And there's a gift there and a message there. And in order to receive it, you would really need to like surrender, drop in and embrace what you're feeling. Yeah, a big piece of that is um, learning to trust yourself again. Mm -hmm. So often, and I know I felt this when I got sick, I 
lost all faith in myself, all trust in my body, because I felt like my body had turned against me. This thing was created that I had no control over. Um, This illness had sort of blown up in my system and I was a victim to what was happening to me. It was, um, I played no part in it. And so relearning how to trust myself again, coming out of the mind, right? It's gonna require that drop into the body, into the wisdom, into the innate knowing that our body has, that it knows how to heal if we can allow that to process to unfold and take place rather than trying to make it happen, rather than trying to sort of force it or will it, or like, if I just think hard enough, or just, you know, try harder, that's what's going to make it happen. And it's not, it is the surrender. It is the letting go, which actually scared me. Like surrender can be Mm -hmm. scary. Surrendering scared me because I thought if I let go of that sort of uh, control or that managing, micromanaging my life, managing the illness, if I just surrender to it, it's going to completely take me over. And it's going to bring me right back down to the ground and take over my whole system, take over my life again. And the complete opposite happened, right? As soon as I surrendered and started to let go, the healing started to come in. As soon as I let go of the control or the need, right, to um, make it happen in a certain way on a certain timeline, um, it had to look a certain way. As soon as I let all of that fall away, healing actually started to come in. It just opened more space to allow that to unfold, to allow that to show up where the control, the fear, the anxiety, right, keeps us in contraction and the space isn't available for that to come in. Yeah, exactly. And Lori was asking, how do you come into a higher consciousness? Because that's what happened for you. That's what what created a real shift for you was coming into a higher consciousness. Um, So... Lori, what I would say to that is like exactly what we're going to be talking about on the call today is surrendering and embracing and welcoming what you're feeling brings you into a higher consciousness. And Kim's instant elevation tool is great for helping you do that. Um, But Jessica and I are going to talk more today about what's kind of keeping you in the consciousness that you're in and how to uh, for each for each scenario that we see really common um what what we would say for each one of those scenarios so maybe let's get into that unless you have something you want to say to Lori yeah so surrender or how do we come into a higher consciousness Mm -hmm. we are allow ourselves to be exactly where we are without Mm -hmm. being resistant to what is here and Mm -hmm. so often when something shows up we can go straight into fear or into like I got to get out of this I have to make this symptom go away um, and then I'll be okay. Or if I could just get myself out of whatever this is here, then I'll be okay. Okay. How can I choose to be okay with what is here? Mm-hmm. So it is not a problem to solve or something to fix or something to get out of. It's actually something I need to let come in more, yes. something I need to lean into more. That is the invitation right? To the higher consciousness, to surrender. How am I, what is my perception of what is here? If my perception is like, 
this is wrong. This shouldn't be here. I need to fix this. I need to change this. I need to get out of this. And we can just shift just that 2%. Okay, what is actually here for me in this experience, in these sensations in my body? How can I meet them more fully? How can I allow them to be here with me with love and compassion, right? Because that's what the body is actually asking for. That will bring you into a higher consciousness. It's not um, so hard. I know it feels like this is a really hard thing to do, or how do I even do that? Where do I even begin? Yeah. Just begin with the breath of like, okay, what is here? I love what is here. I'm going to allow what is here to show up and be here with me for as long as it needs to be here with me, right? If we yeah. can just do that just for a moment, just for a few breaths, it'll start to calm your system and bring you into that higher consciousness. Yeah, and that answers this question about what does surrendering look like? That's yeah. what it looks like, is like getting out of resistance even 2% more, dropping yes. into your body, bring awareness to what you're feeling and breathing more fully while you're bringing awareness to what you're feeling. So essentially it means like, instead of avoiding, suppressing, distracting, trying really hard, you actually drop in and allow yourself to have your experience and love the one who is feeling what that, what they're feeling. Um, yeah. And I just and have a little, like when you say, I don't feel safe in my body or I don't trust my body. Can we reframe it to I'm getting better at finding alignment in my body? right? Or I'm going to allow myself to surrender 2% more, mm -hmm. right? So when we kind of catch ourselves in the, oh, I don't feel safe. I can't trust myself. I can't trust my wisdom or I'm still up in my mind, which is healing is never going to come from there. It's yeah. always yeah. going to come from when we drop into our body, into our heart space to allow what is there to show up and be there with love and compassion. Always, always, always. Yes. And that's one of the main things that you've seen about why people won't surrender is because they don't trust. Right. Yes. And I, yeah. So let, maybe let's get into that. All the reasons that we see, because people that have been following this work for a while probably have some sort of idea that surrendering and embracing mm -hmm. is what's going to create a shift. Um, but there could still be reasons why they're not doing it. Um, and some of the main reasons that I have seen have been one is that they don't believe that it works. They don't believe that it actually creates anything. They don't trust kind of like what you were saying. They don't trust it's actually going to create anything. Um, cause you know, most of us have been taught that we're primarily physical. So we have to go out and physically do something and try really hard. Otherwise nothing's going to happen. Yes. Um, that's one reason that I see. And then another reason is that people don't want to feel what they're feeling because you know, it, it's really uncomfortable or they yes. think it's too much or um they think if they surrender to what they're feeling like it will just they'll succumb to it and it will just mm -hmm. always be that way um and then another reason that i've seen is that people are giving their power away to doctors or to the diagnosis and so they're trying really hard to heal because well that's what the doctor's telling you to do the doctor's telling you you have to fight your disease the doctor's telling you you have to do all these things otherwise you won't heal or you won't be able to live your life um, and then we give our power away to the diagnosis yes and then another one that I see is that maybe you actually do want to surrender more 
like you've been following this work for a while and you want to, but for some reason you're just not doing it because it's like a habit to just go immediately into trying really hard and fixing. So there's maybe certain beliefs or programs that are having you kind of self-sabotage, even though you're like, I really want to surrender, but for some reason I am just not, not able to. Um, and then another reason I see, but I don't feel like it really would resonate to anyone on this call is that it would be really disturbing to like the way you see reality and your foundation of how you see life to see it totally differently, to start to see life, start to realize your power and that you're creating everything in your life and that you're not just a physical being, that you're actually primary, primarily vibrational being and you're creating everything in your life. If that's not what you've been taught, that can be so disturbing to someone that they won't even let it in. But I feel like that that one doesn't really resonate to anyone on this call. Because if you're listening to this call, yeah. you're probably open to seeing life in a different way and surrendering. Yes. Because you've been trying everything else and it didn't work. So now you're willing to like surrender and soften and try something else. And just being open will automatically bring you into a higher consciousness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just being yes. open. You don't have to know anything. We don't have to have all the answers, but I'm just open to see what is available, what is yeah. possible. That That is enough to bring you into a higher consciousness, to let something come in, to let yourself receive whatever is going to show up for you to come in. Exactly. Right? So they can be really simple, um, but it feels like it needs to be complicated. But I'm just going to be open. It's how I was even led to this work. I was really open to see what else was possible. I did the whole medical route for years and years and years. And that's all I knew. But the minute I opened to, well, let me just see what else is out there. A whole bunch of things started coming in. And some felt like they resonated and others didn't. So I could let that fall away. Um, but we can get really playful. Let me just see what else is out there. Let me kind of play in that world a little bit and start to, you'll start to see that things will start to show up for you. Yeah. And the same thing happened to me. I found this work only because I had actually opened and softened and surrendered a little bit. Otherwise I couldn't let this in sooner than that. Cause I was in the trying really hard to fix yes. energy. And it was only when I actually released trying where there was a little bit of an opening and surrender that I found this work and then I healed yes. yeah. because there was a shift in conscious consciousness there. Same thing that happened with you. Yes. Um, but yeah. So for the first one, for people that resonate with like, you don't really believe it works or really creates anything, or you, you don't think it works or you don't tr totally trust that if you stopped trying so hard that you'd actually be taken care of for people in that boat. Um, there's a few things I would say, I would say, pay attention to what got created by you doing it this way, by you trying really hard, has it created true peace in your life or true joy? Like if you really tune in, has it created a full resolution? Did it create true peace to keep doing it that way? And once you really start to pay attention that it hasn't, you won't wanna then go and double down on something that you think isn't working. You'd be a little bit more willing to open and try something else and soften and surrender. And um, once you start to do that, you know, you find your point of willingness that will have you be willing to at least like try it 2% soften. You'll start to actually see what gets created when you do. And then you'll start to trust it more. And 
at first it might seem like these things are just coincidences and like you don't actually think it was your power that created any shift um but nothing is a coincidence so if you really start to pay attention to every single time that you dropped in and you welcomed what you were feeling and then you felt differently even if it's just within your body or something changed outside of you that you created that and that you you actually have that much power within you and then you'll be more willing to make that your go-to thing every time you're triggered is i'm going to welcome what i'm feeling because i know it actually creates what i'm asking for and when i distract and suppress or try really hard to fix it doesn't truly create what i'm asking mm -hmm. for yes. um and uh yeah so kim kim talked about this on my money tv a couple of weeks ago when she was talking about sensuality and stuff where she said, you haven't seen how life shows up when you're in your softness and openness and receptivity. You've only seen how life shows up when you're trying really hard and you're in your fixing and you're in your masculine energy, but like unhealthy masculine energy. So that could be why you're not willing to trust and surrender because you haven't seen yet what life is like when you're actually totally in surrender and embracing what you're feeling. And I don't know about you, Jessica, but for me, it, it's been a gradual thing. Like when I first started yes. with this work, I didn't trust fully. I didn't yes. even understand it. I didn't believe it at all. Yes. But um, the more I started to see what got created when I would welcome what I was feeling and my yes. problems would go away and I would heal, it's like now I, I trust it more fully. So now it's like every day I trust it more fully. Every day I'm more willing to feel what I'm feeling than the day before. Yes, um, we get you gain more confidence. Yeah. Because I too didn't, I didn't even really know what it meant. <laughs> um, yeah. When I first came to the work, it was more, I'm just here to understand. And then when I started to really put the things into practice and started to see the shifts happening and life showing up very differently, mm -hmm. it was, oh, wow, there is something to this. Oh, wow, there is power in what I can actually create. Um, having been in victim for so long, right? This thing showed up and there's nothing I can do about it. I can't control how I feel every day. I can't control my symptoms. <sighs> what if I don't need to control any of it, but just allow them to continue to show up and stay as long as they need to stay, but welcome them, right? Having the more willingness to be present with them, to allow them to be here. And that started to create, yes, more healing. And the more healing that came in, it was like, oh, I'm on board. I want more of this. And so more expansion is created and then more, yes, yes, I'm even more willing now to be with this because I know that's going to move it out. So yeah, anytime yeah. something then started to show up, it was a yes, I'm on board. Yes, yes, I want to feel this. Yes, I want to feel this even more fully, even if it's hard and scary and messy, yeah. right? It doesn't necessarily, it's not like all floaty and, <laughs> and sprinkles. It's like this can be mm -hmm. heavy and feel hard but I'm willing to be in it because I know that's what's going to move it out. Yeah. And then the more we welcome our fear around it, our fear around like, cause as soon as you stop trying so hard, you'll feel your fear more fully, most yes. likely, or whatever you're feeling more fully. Um, and so then once you start to welcome that and those energies start to dissolve, then you start to trust even more fully because mm -hmm. only the fear is having you not trust and say, it's not okay to let go or surrender. So yes, when the fear yes. is not there anymore, you know, we would all have the same knowing and the same truth because truth can't be threatened. So we would all know that we're taken care of and supported when those 
fears aren't there anymore. So the more you welcome your fear, the more you do this work, you're going to trust more fully, more fully, more fully, and be more willing to surrender. But I think something that you said that is so important to share is like, we didn't need to understand it. When you and I first started with this work, we yeah. didn't understand it. We didn't believe or know that it created anything or that it worked. Yeah. And we didn't even need to move through all of our energies mm -hmm. to see massive shifts in our life. Like just 2% started creating shifts in our life. Like you and I are yes. still moving through densities even now, but yes. yet we were still you were still able to heal from Lyme disease. I was still able to heal from depression and acid reflux. I was able to have a massive shift in my career and I didn't have to welcome all of my fear or all of my hopelessness or everything yes. in order to see massive shifts in my life. Right. You too. Right. Yes. Just a little bit at a time, as much as you can in that moment, it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to let everything come up all at once and I'm overwhelmed now and it's too much. So I'm going to shut down. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just going to be more willing. There's some fear and anxiety showing up today. I'm going to be more willing to sit with that or I'm waking up not feeling well, I'm gonna let that be okay. It doesn't have to look different or be different. I am gonna let myself just be in whatever it is that is there. Yes. It just takes the fight out, right? When we're fighting to get better, it takes that fight out. And it's like, uh, I can just breathe and be with whatever is here in whatever way that looks like. Yeah, and that, that really ties into that second reason that I said where most people won't surrender is because they don't want to feel what they're feeling because it feels like too much. Yeah. Um, so for people in that boat, and I've been in that boat so many times where I'm like, this feels like too much for me to handle. So I'm going to kind of avoid it right now because I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. Um, so people in that boat, I would say it's never true that something is too much for you to handle because it wouldn't be coming up unless you had everything you needed right now to move through it. So yes. only what you do have love and light to move through right now, that's all that's going to come up right now. So maybe not all of your fear is going to come up right now. Just a layer of it is going to come up right now because you have everything you need to move through that layer. And then once you've cultivated more love and light, maybe later another layer will come up. So yes. it's never actually true. It wouldn't be coming up if it was truly too much for you to handle and if you didn't have what you needed. So that's what I would say to someone in that boat. And I would also say to find a point of willingness to welcome what you're feeling, even when it feels like, oh my God, I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. Um, find a point of willingness. So for me, sometimes that's just, it actually feels more peaceful to welcome what I'm feeling rather than resist it. It feels more peaceful mm -hmm be in flow with life than in rejection of, of what I'm experiencing. It feels more peaceful to be in partnership with life than to reject life. Like yes. if you're truly sensing and aware in your body, even when you're distracting and avoiding or trying really hard to fix something, the energy is actually still kind of there and it doesn't feel like true peace. And the second you're like not distracted or the second you're like not trying to fix the problem, that energy is still there. You don't, you don't feel peace. Yes. Um, so that's usually my point of willingness is I'm like, it's not actually truly peaceful to do it this way and try really hard and distract and avoid. So that has me more willing to actually drop in and feel what I'm feeling. Yes. Um, and sometimes my point of willingness is just that I know that all my heart's desires are on the other side of this thing. Like it wouldn't be coming up unless it was trying to clear something for me and make space for something else that I'm really asking for. So sometimes that that is the reason why I'm willing to feel it, even when it feels like too much, 
and I don't want to feel it. Yeah, and someone just posted too, it takes a lot of bravery to make peace with fear. And yes, mm -hmm. it does. It takes a lot of courage. Yes, thank yes. you. A lot of courage to be willing to feel it and to trust, right? To go back to the trust piece that this actually isn't here to harm me. This fear and anxiety or whatever was put in place was actually put in place to protect you. And when we no longer need that protection, because we can trust in our body, trust in our system, that we are safe, that we are knowing, that we have everything that we need, when we can get to that point, the fear will dissolve because it's no longer needed or necessary to keep us safe, right? So the fear is actually your friend. And I know it, it doesn't always feel like that when it's like big and overwhelming and, and frightening and scary, or there's a symptom, I don't know what this is, and I go into fear. It's actually all here to get your attention, to get your love and compassion, but it is never here to harm you or to hurt you or to make you feel bad. It actually is our perception of what fear is. Um, I just listened to something this morning sharing, right? The feelings of excitement in your body and the feelings of fear in your body, they're the same feeling. They're the same sensation, but we make one of them good and we make one of them bad right? It's good to be excited and my heart's racing and I'm jittery and I'm like really excited about something, but I can have that same sensation and label it as fear and label it as bad. And then it's like, oh, I don't want to feel that. So I'm going to do all the things I need to do to not allow that to come up to feel, but it's the same sensation, right? So we actually are creating that one is okay and one is not okay. So if we shift our perception and that it's okay to feel whatever sensation is in our body, regardless of what it is, we put the label on the emotion, right? The emotion is there, and then we label it as good or bad, or happy or joy, or fear or sadness, whatever the emotion is, we put a name on it. And then with that name comes the story, comes the beliefs, comes the, right, our thoughts around it. Um, but if we can just shift our perception just a little bit, this is a sensation that my body wants me to feel. Can I be more willing to feel that? <laughs> yep. Yep. And that that um, has to do with like when people give their power away, which is another reason they give their power away to the diagnosis or to the doctor. Yes. And then that's what creates more fear because there's just all these thoughts that are ideas that go along with I have cancer or I have this. Um, so people in that situation who feel like, well, I got to, the doctor's saying like, I have to fight my illness. I have to do all these things. And that's why you're trying so hard to heal. For people in that boat, I would say, first of all, if something feels heavy for you, it's because it's not true. It's because you're buying into a lie. So if, they, if they're saying you have to do all these things and it feels heavy for you to do all those things, remember it's because that isn't true for you. So get curious. That's the second thing I would say to someone in that situation. Get curious. Like, is this even true for me? That's what Kim did when she got her diagnosis. Is it actually true for me what they're saying to me that I have to do all these things? It, what if it could be easier than this for me to heal, that I didn't have to do all these things and try this hard in order to heal? And you're just getting curious. And just by asking the question, you're getting into a higher frequency yes. where new solutions can exist. For the people that were asking, how do you get into a higher consciousness? 
that's another way to get into a higher consciousness is through curiosity and asking better questions. One of the tools in Kim's Mind Body Toolkit is when you just ask the question, you're getting into the frequency of the question. What if it didn't need to be this hard? What if it could be easier than this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to speak a little bit on that too. Um, uh, this will bring in a little bit of kind of working with children, um, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to share, I've shared a little bit about this story with my daughter um, who back in December, back in October, she, she sprained her ankle and she was in a boot for three weeks and she went into a cast for three weeks. Doctors didn't know that, um, really what was going on, why this wasn't healing. And so in early December, she was in so much pain that it was unbearable. And so we go to the hospital, we kind of rush her into the hospital, it's midnight or one in the morning and she's in so much pain, it's, you know, she can't handle it. And we go in and her ankle's bruised and it's swollen and it's purple and her foot's purple. So clearly there's something here, but there's no injury, right? There's absolutely, there's nothing broken. There's no cancer they're looking for. There's no um, a tendon pull or something happening. And so we go through some of these tests. She's hospitalized for about a week and she gets a diagnosis. Um, she's 10 years old, by the way. So she gets this diagnosis called CRPS, chronic regional pain syndrome. Basically her nervous system has created a pain response to something that's not actually there. And so it's a physical symptom. Yes, it's showing up physically in her body. It's showing up as pain in her leg, pain in her ankle. You can see bruising clearly, you can see swelling, but it's not a physical Ill illness. It's not a physical diagnosis. Um, so we go through the month of December, more pain, more medicine, more tests, more hospitalizations. Come home, she's couch bound, right? She's out of school. She can't walk. She can't sit up on her own. She can't eat or drink without severe pain. And there was a moment of like, oh, what is happening to my kid? Like, what is happening to my daughter? And I just want to make it better. You know, she's like, can they just amputate my leg and can they get this leg off? Because that would solve the pain, right? Or would it? But in her mind, it was like, there's the fix. Let me fix this. Take the leg away. And now my problems are solved and I'm okay. Right? Mm -hmm. That we knew was not going to be the solution. And so 120 things are coming at us to fix the problem, fix the problem. Here, do the medicine, fix the problem. Do PT, fix the problem. Everyone is so lovely and caring, but like, do this, that'll fix the problem. Do this, da, 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 da. And it was like, we had to let everything fall away to see what was actually here. This experience was here for her. It wasn't something that was happening to her. It wasn't something that she needed to get out of. And it wasn't something that she needed to fix. It was something that she needed to feel. So as a mom trying to take a step back it's not, it was never my job to come in and fix her and to take this experience from her. Even though there was fear showing up for her, severe, severe fear. She thought she was dying. She thought she had cancer. She thought, um, she thought all kinds of things because there was so much fear that the pain was showing her that she was holding, right? So the pain had to show up to show her that this fear is here. <sighs> what if I let the fear be here? And what if I let her have this experience, holding in my truth and my knowing, of course she can heal. 
anyone can heal. Of course that's possible. I'm going to live in the possibility, right? Even though the doctors are saying it could take years, it could take, right? And then I'm invited into chat groups and they're like, I've had it for 25 years. I've had four surgeries. I've, and immediately in one second, it was, no, I'm not even, no, no, no. I actually wanted to take all of them and bring them over here. Cause I'm like, no, they're so, um, they've bought into it so hard, right? They've bought yeah. into the store and they bought into the diagnosis and what it has to look like. And yeah. so I kind of took a step back and said, you can have this experience. It can take as long as it needs to take. There is no urgency. You do not have to heal by a certain time. You do not need to walk again by a certain time. If it takes years, great. I'm going to be here to support you and nurture you and love you. And it can take as long as it needs to take. And maybe February, she was more ready. I'm ready to try to go upstairs. And let me tell you, my husband on one side, me on the other, and we're pulling her on her back on a blanket up a flight of stairs to get upstairs. It was like, what are we doing? We're pulling her on her blanket to get to the restroom because she can't walk. She can't get in the wheelchair. She can't move. And she just went back to school last week. She's back full time. She joined her volleyball team. She was playing in her first game on Friday. She is 100% fully healed four months after her diagnosis Yeah, and completely thriving. And back to her, you know, 10 year old little self running around being a kid. But yeah. this experience, it, it's emotional to see her back having healed so quickly. But once she was ready to let something else come in, it started going and moving so fast where her mm -hmm. doctors are like, uh, we want to kind of study you because we've never seen anyone <laughs> heal this fast. We want to kind of see like, what did you do that this is happening so quickly? And yeah. it's because she had the space that there was just no urgency. She had the space to heal on yes. her own timeline. She had the space to heal and let it look exactly how it looked. And we had no idea what the solution was going to be. We didn't know what was going to come in and resource her, but we were open. Whatever is going to come in and resource her and interestingly enough, she didn't need many of the things that we thought she was going to need. Yeah. We thought it was going to work a certain way. So you don't have to know. And to be comfortable in the unknown, that's that trust piece, right? That's the, mm -hmm. uh, I know she can heal. I know that's possible. So I'm just going to trust that. And I'm going to be in that space. And I don't need to figure this out. I don't need to know what it looks supposed to look like or going to look like. I'm just going to trust that she will get there when she gets there and whatever she's feeling in that moment is what she's meant to be feeling in that moment. Yes. Um, but it just shows the miracle of life of like, what is possible? So even if you're diagnosed with something or <sighs> doctors have told you the outcome or doctors have told you what it might look like for you, it doesn't have to, you actually get to choose what your healing looks like. You get to choose what you allow to come in to resource you and nurture you and support you. Um, and if it means, you know, she she laid on a couch for two months and that's what it needed to look like. It was never like, you got to get up and do this and push yourself and try harder. And if you just did a little bit more, you would get there. It was like, no, none of that. Just yeah. be on the couch, be, be in fear, be in pain, 
whatever is showing up, just be there. And, and that's, that's it. You don't have to be anywhere else, but where you are in that moment. And that's what creates so much to shift in your body. And then the wisdom allow is allowed to show up and her body mm -hmm. starts connecting. Oh, I am okay. Oh, I am safe. Oh, I can do mm -hmm. a little bit more. I can bring in something a little bit more. I can maybe try to sit up again or right. And, and the more you do, the more that just keeps coming in, coming in and possibilities are endless. Outcomes are endless. Yeah. It's yeah. Magical. <laughs> and there's so many important things in what you just said, like when you and her release urgency, Yes. That, that's what created a big shift for you guys and helped this heal so fast. Yes. Um, because what a lot of people are doing is they're going into urgency and trying to fix the problems in their life. Yes. But all that does, if you if you make a choice from fear, it means you didn't dissolve the fear, which means the fear is still there and the fear is still creating the illness. So even if like the doctor is telling you you should do this thing and then you go and do it out of fear, and then you do the thing and then you feel less fear temporarily because you did what they said and you took an action and you did something. Yeah. Well, what all that happened is you suppressed your fear. You, the fear didn't move. So there can't be a true resolution. Mm -hmm. But what you and Brooke did was you actually didn't make decisions from urgency. Maybe at the beginning, maybe, maybe you, you did, but then you came back into your truth yeah. and you're like, not going to do anything out of urgency because I know it doesn't create anything. And then exactly what you said is then she starts to access her wisdom because yes. you can't access your wisdom when you're in fear and you're triggered. So That's you'll right. just like, do what the doctors are telling you to do because you can't access your own wisdom. But yes. once you start to welcome even like 2% more of that fear, like Kim says, 2% less fear is like 200% more access to your wisdom. Yes. So then you can actually have more wisdom and clarity and be like, okay, you know what? That doesn't actually resonate with me to do all those appointments and everything they're telling me to do. And then you start to let go of those things and only put your energy into things that feel fluid and guided and your body's actually asking for. And then yes. that's, the, that's like the fastest way to heal is if you're tuning into your wisdom and doing what your wisdom's asking you to do. Yes. Um, so that's, that's exactly what you guys did. And that's really. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's sooner than I could have imagined. It's kind of blown us all out of the water that she's just healed yeah. so quickly. Um, and a big piece of that is, yes, allowing the fear to be there. And it's okay if we choose from fear and operate from fear because it's just going to bring you into more clarity, right? Mm -hmm. So the next thing that shows up, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Do I actually have to do it in that same way, right? Or, yes, what feels, what am I more guided to, right? Because when things are being thrown at you and they have to do this and there's more and more medicine and more tests and it's like, okay, what I like to do is I just take a pause. Let me just pause and breathe when I'm mm -hmm. sensing that I'm in that fear, in that like survival mode or like, uh, I just got to go, 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 go. It's like, wait a minute, let me pause and breathe and let me see what's here. Does she really need to go have all these other tests done? And it was like, no. And if she does, it'll still be available down the road and I can choose it then or not. And it was like a clear, no, we don't, I don't have to put her through that. And then it's like, she needs more medicine. I'm like, hmm. again, it's the question. It's the curiosity. How huh, is that actually true? Does it need to look that way? And it was like, no, I, I think she actually needs less. So, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to do less here. Right. And yes, the doctors can be 
wonderful guides, right? But it really comes back to what is your own wisdom saying? Because they're going to have their own way and approach and however they do things. And it doesn't mean that it has to look that way for you or your experience. So I again, openness. I'm going to take in what they're saying and mm -hmm. then I'm going to trust uh, what is actually here for us. Let me get curious. Let me kind of just take a pause and see. And nine times out of 10, most of the things can fall away and are not needed. Uh, but there might be like one or two things and you're like, yeah, we're going to do that. And that feels really good. And I'm going to choose to let that come in. But yes. yeah. Yeah. So, so for those that are in this category and are maybe a little too scared to like fully just like stop doing all these things that the doctor's telling you to do, just yeah. exactly do what Jessica said, pause and at least welcome some of the energy that's coming up in you because that's the only reason this thing is happening anyways. So you're doing the most powerful thing you can do by welcoming what you're feeling. And then once you start to welcome more of what you're feeling, you may still make that same choice, but you're doing mm -hmm. it out of less urgency, or maybe you're actually doing it from total clarity at this point too. Yes. Um, we won't know when you're triggered, whether it's your wisdom or not, but like, let's say you haven't moved through all of the fear and you still can't tell, do this thing or don't do this thing. And you're really unsure and you're not ready to let it go yet. At least if you pause and welcome what you're feeling, you're moving some of that energy and you're creating a real shift and you're doing this less out of urgency. And then once you move some of that urgency, you have more clarity and you might realize, I don't actually want to even do that thing. Which yeah, it just makes more space in your system mm -hmm. to receive, to let something come in, to let your wisdom show up and guide you where fear will guide you, yes, in a very different direction. But it's okay if we continue to choose to operate from fear. I did for yeah. Yeah. many, many years, decades. <laughs> um, but again, it just right kept leading me to something else, to something else, to more clarity, to more clarity. And it's like, okay. And we'll get the answers when we're ready to get the answers. We'll get the answers when they're meant to show up for us and not sooner and not later. So again, I'm going to just keep trusting that it's going to come, it's going to come to me if I can just breathe, just pause and breathe and let myself be in that space and make more space for more receiving to come in. Yeah. 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 And then that also relates to the, one of the other things I see is that people like want to surrender more, mm -hmm. but maybe they're too afraid or for whatever reason, they're not doing it or they're just used to, it's a habit. So they're continuing to just immediately go to fix things. Um, so people in that boat where it's kind of a habit for you to just try really hard and clamp down and fix things, or you're not fully ready to surrender or let go because there's maybe fears or programming, or you're just self-sabotaging, or there's a certain reason, even though you know you wanna surrender and you know it's gonna create a shift, but you're not doing it. For people in that boat, um, I would say to use pure awareness. So pure awareness means I notice I'm doing this thing and it's okay that I'm doing this thing. So you're noticing what you're doing without making it wrong. And if you could even go as far as loving yourself, even though you're doing this thing. So for example, okay, I know that I'm making this decision from urgency, um, but I'm not fully ready to let go yet. And it's okay that I'm making this decision from fear. And I love myself anyways, even though I'm making this decision from fear. What happens when you do that is you come more into the frequency of love where it's like natural for you to do loving and nurturing things for yourself. 
So you'll start to like immediately your go-to would be, I love the one who's in fear because now you're more in the frequency of love. It's just more natural for you to do it. Whereas if you're making yourself wrong for it, oh, there I go making all these decisions from fear. I'm still not ready to surrender or let go. Um, and if you're making yourself wrong for it, then you're actually in the frequency of shame where now you keep doing those things. And it's like effort. It takes effort for you to like do something differently. So pure awareness is what I'd say to anyone who's in that boat. Um, and Kim has like a really great video on that on her YouTube channel that she called how to easily break a bad habit where she talks about why that works so well, why awareness is the medicine, why it's totally okay if you're not fully rent ready to surrender yet, just be like, it's okay. I noticed that I'm doing this thing and it's okay that I'm doing this thing. Yeah. And she also talks about that in um, the Mind Body TV episode that was called The Inner Game of Healing, yeah, that's which great. she did right after she talked to Tim Galloway, the author of The Inner Game of Tennis and The Inner Game of Golf and all those books. After she met with him, she did that Mind Body TV episode. Um, and she, it, was, it was about the same thing. It was about pure awareness, where he talks about this self one, self two concept. Self one is like the small self who's trying really hard to fix it because it thinks it knows better and it doesn't truly trust that they'll be taken care of if they let go. That's, the, that's self one. And then self two is like your innate intelligence and wisdom and the part of you that already knows what to do. The part yeah. of you that can access those ideas. Um, and what he said to get people to surrender from self one to self two was he said pure awareness because like when you give self one something to focus on, the mind something to focus on, like just noticing this thing, like he would say, notice the seams on the ball for, but for like you guys, it would just be, okay, I notice I'm doing this thing. I'm making this decision from fear and urgency and it's okay that I'm doing it. You're getting self one out of the way. It's like, you're giving self one a job to do. So that self too can then come in and take over. Um, that's a really great episode for people who haven't seen it. It's called the inner game of healing. It's a really good episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, it's, it's going to seem like a silly story, but the other day, um, it was earlier this week or last, the end of last week. Anyway, I have these diamond earrings that I wear every day and they mm -hmm. are my stepmother's who she passed away last May um and she wore them every day so now i wear them every day and so they have a lot of meaning and i went into the bathroom the other day and i looked and i only had one in and i went oh my god i lost it like i don't know where it fell out and so i'm like okay retracing my steps where did i go did i leave my room did i go okay i went down the hall so i'm, I'm retracing my steps i'm trying to find it i see the backing on the floor and i'm like okay, it must be near the backing if the backing's there. So I'm like on the floor, I'm like under the bed, I'm looking under everything, I'm pulling out clothes. I'm like, oh, maybe I accidentally fell in the trash can. I'm gonna have to go through it. And again, it was like the <gasps> fear, overwhelm of like franticness. I have to find this, I have to find this. And, I'm, and then I was like, Jessica, stop, breathe, pause. And just say, you know what? What if I don't have to do it this way? What if I don't have to look in this way? What if I can just allow the earring to show up and I don't have to look for it at all? And yeah. so I stopped and I just put that out there. And it was that expansiveness, right? That um, curiosity question, the more spacious space to be in. What if I just allow it to show up and come to me? And yeah. so later in the day, my daughters came home from school and I'm like, I can't find this earring. Do you guys want to look for it? 
And within two minutes, my daughter leaned down in like a laundry basket full of clean clothes underneath uh, a package. And she's like, here it is. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know how you found it. It's okay. I don't need to know. It showed up. I didn't have to be the one to do it. But by choosing the space of I'm going to get myself out of the franticness, I'm going to get myself yeah. out of the fear and get myself out of like, oh, I have to find this thing or whatever. My world's going to fall apart today. It was, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it find me, right? I'm going to let it come to me. Life is showing up for me. And yeah. it did. And it was like, yes, of course I knew that was, prob that was going to be solved, that problem, that whatever. Yeah. Because I made space for it to show up in that way. And it's the same for healing. Can I make space for healing to show up, for healing to come through me? I don't have to work so hard to find it and going to get it going to make it happen can i actually just breathe and allow it to come in yeah absolutely yeah and you got curious like for people listening no matter how quote big or small the problem seems in your life yeah. we use these same tools for all of it for everything like, <laughs> yeah it's not just for healing right it's for life it's yes. i think too, coming into this work it's like i have this illness and i want to heal it i have this thing and i want to get rid of it i want to get the cure to do the diagnosis and it's so becomes so much bigger than that that is it's what brought me here i had the same like i have this illness here's the thing that's going to fix it and make it better but it's yeah. it's applying this to like you shared in the beginning relationships and and can be applied to money and it can be applied to to everything you're actually desiring in life, including health, peace, joy, abundance, whatever it is that we're seeking, right? And, and yeah, as simple yeah. as an earring, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it's the same concept. It's the same willingness mm -hmm. to allow everything. Like even if it seems, even if it seems like a small problem, yeah. that small problem is bringing up an energy in you, urgency, yeah. fear, something to be cleared. And if we meet it in these like more subtle areas of our life, instead of just thinking, oh, it's a small problem, just go and fix and spend all my time searching for the earring. No, if you actually pause and welcome some of that fear and urgency, yeah. now it doesn't need to turn into this big thing, like an illness for you to meet that energy because you met it in this like smaller area. So yes. no problem is too small. Yeah. Um, yeah, I use these tools in like, every single area of my life, like in dance practice the other day, we were doing stunts because we had this competition coming up and I was really, really scared. I can't say what the stunt is because it has to be confidential, but like I essentially to get out of the stunt, I had, I was really scary. I could call, I could fit my, hit my head on the ground if someone didn't catch me. So I wasn't willing to do it. I was too scared. And I kept saying, no, I'm not doing it guys. And then the whole team came around like 20 people and was like, Alicia, it's okay. We've got you you can fall. We've got you. You can trust. It's okay. And so I was like a little bit more willing now, but I was still really, really scared. And then I just got curious. I used Kim's curiosity tool. I was like, okay, if I were to do this guys, what would it look like? Right. And I, I hadn't agreed to it yet. I was still too scared and I wasn't really willing to do it yet, but I just got curious and dipped my toe into it. So I needed to get curious and I needed to like on some level know that I was beheld if I let go and surrendered and trusted. And they were all there and like, Lisha, it's okay, we've got you. I knew I wasn't gonna fall and hurt myself. So then I did it and I landed and I didn't hurt myself. 
and that it actually felt really, really amazing after. Um, but it was like, I just use the same tools that I always use because it was fear that came up in my body in that moment. So it's not like it needs to be a really big problem in your life to then meet the energies. I was being invited to move through fear through this situation. And I use the same tools that I do in every other situation. Okay, Jess, do you mind uh, just sharing and then maybe we can answer people's questions, but like with your daughter, cause some people are like, okay, I'm willing to surrender when it comes to myself, but I'm yes. not willing to surrender when it comes to my child because they yeah. don't think their child is source. They think they're their child. They are their child's source or they feel like they need to clamp down and then they're parenting from fear. Yes. So what had you like not do that? Because that's what really created a shift for, for Brooke, right? Yeah. It's, it's when we see, right, they're our mirror, our children or our spouse or our parent, whomever is showing you where there may be fear still in your system, right? Or where you're feeling sort of this hierarchy of I'm the parent and therefore I'm here, I'm more powerful. I have the answers and they're small, right? Because you can look at them as they're small. They're smaller than me. They're just a child. What do they know? They don't have the wisdom yet, or they haven't cultivated that yet. They're actually closer to it, I think, than we are because they don't have the years and decades of stories, belief systems that have built in. Yeah. Uh, so they have a lot more freedom in their system to create something. Uh, it can be something different, right? Something more expansive. So if I were to view my daughter as not being sourced herself, as not being capable to heal herself, as if that was my job, that it was my responsibility to do this for her, I would be doing a huge disservice to her life experience, mm -hmm. to this experience that I could view as horrific, and it was, as scary, and it was, as, um, or make it wrong that she shouldn't be going through this, right? Because there was a lot of that sort of outside chatter too of she's so young, it shouldn't be happening and this is not fair and she should be just out being a kid and it's none of that's actually true. So when we can see our children, see our spouse, see our parent, that they are fully sourced, that their body was born with the wisdom to heal, it's already ingrained, it's already... Uh, comes with us when we come onto this earth that is already there, right? Her body knows how to move through this. So the more I trust myself, the more I can trust her, right? Because she's going to mirror if there's a part of me that doesn't believe that. If there's a part of me that doesn't think that it's possible, how is she going to have that in her system to know that it is fully possible? But if mm -hmm. I can stand in the truth of anything is possible, Yes, why can't you go play volleyball uh, in on April 5th? It's like, well, who's telling you that that's not possible? Who's the one who's saying that's not possible for you? Yeah. The only one that can say it's not possible for you is her, right? But if she allows that possibility to be there and chooses it as if it already is here and exists, anything is possible. Healing anything is possible. So let the child, let the spouse, let the parent, let the sibling, let the child, whomever you're sort of 
interaction interacting with i saw another post right where somebody is a caretaker and yeah mm -hmm. we can take that all on again that it's my responsibility to take care of my maybe elderly parent or um for me it was my daughter i was her caretaker and it can there can be a lot that comes up there was a lot that showed up for me there was a lot of there's no time for me there's no time for my self-care there's no time no none of that is true right there's always moments there's always time to allow that to show up and come in if i allow it if mm -hmm. i allow myself to feel within me what is showing up as a result of this experience yeah yeah so again it's it's always here for us right i have uh, i keep next to me that the three stages of life right where the first one is the victim where life is happening to me mm -hmm. sort of where how i fell into illness life is happening to me this is happening to me and and when my daughter first you know got uh diagnosed she said what did i do to deserve this it was that victim what did i do oh if i just didn't run and like twist my ankle or if i just didn't do whatever the thing is right victim why is this happening to me and then we go into um another post right what does trying look like when we go into life is happening by me i need to make it happen i need to heal myself i need to like do the thing i need to exercise more to like lose weight or i need to eat better to get to this result or whatever the thing is that's showing up for you right yeah. that's the control that's the fear that's the micromanaging and I, I lived in that space for a long time and it was okay i was like getting by i was still doing life but i wasn't doing life and there was no peace there was so much fear and then when we can sort of shift into right the third stage of life is happening for me everything that is showing up is showing up for you so this experience with my daughter is showing up not only for her but it's showing up for me too where am i holding <gasps> i am her source i am her power maybe there's still a piece of that here of like i need to take this from her okay let me see what what that is right let everything is showing up for me and for her so this experience needs to be experienced by both of us by whatever other family member is or the caretaker that experience of taking care of that loved one is showing up for you too mm -hmm. and you might it might be bringing up victim of oh well nobody else is going to do it so i have to do it or i don't have a choice right they're my parent i need to take care of them or i don't have a choice this is my daughter i have I have no choice but to take care of her and it was like no i actually get to take care of her what a awesome amazing experience to be a part of right so i can see it as victim of like somebody come in and do this for me it's too hard i can't take it and there were days where it was really hard and i couldn't take it and that's when it's like okay well who can come in and like then i'm gonna go take a shower and like yeah. or go for a walk or whatever the thing may be but every experience everything that you're going through is actually here for you yeah um so it's yeah it's a trust and remembering and knowing that yes even if it's hard and messy and scary it is still here for you and it's going mm -hmm. to bring you i mean what's on the other side of that is just nothing short of amazing mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful <laughs> okay maybe we can answer some questions but this is what we would be doing in the Embracing Health program or people that work with me and Jessica privately is like seeing how you're in resistance and how you're not healing and helping you clear that so you can fully surrender and allow true healing to happen. And so that you can access your wisdom and know what your body's actually needing and, and 
asking for. So that's what we would do in the Embracing Health program where you work with Kim, me, and Jessica live for a whole year. That yes. starts in June. Um, enrollment opens in May, but you can go to the page right now and join the wait list or just look at the page and see if it resonates with you. That's at drkimd.com forward slash health. And then for those that want to work with me or Jessica privately, yeah, Jessica and I both went through the Embracing Health program before we started working for Kim. Um, yes. And it's so powerful. Yes. And, yeah. Life changing changed everything for me. Yeah. yeah. And those yeah. that want to work with us privately, I put the link there, drkimd.com forward slash mentors. Um, but yeah, maybe we can answer a few questions. Do you have time, Jess? Yeah, I have time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think you touched on some of them, so we can kind of go yeah, through. Yeah, we touched on some of them. Um, there was this one about how do you do that? How do you surrender and still like manage your condition? And what yeah. I would say to that is, you're not meant to manage your condition. Yes. Um, it still is the most powerful thing you can do to surrender because the only reason you have diabetes is to bring up those energies. So if you truly want a resolution where you don't have to manage your way through the rest of your life the most powerful thing you can do is surrender. And again, if you're not fully willing to let go of managing all your food and doing all this kind of stuff, um, just don't try to not do it from urgency, right? So if you take a pause before you go and like check all the ingredients or whatever you need to do, pause and take a few deep breaths before you go and take that action and you're already surrendering and meeting the energy. And yeah. that's gonna serve you more than making the choice from urgency and managing. Yeah, we're not meant to manage our lives, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? We're meant to live our lives, whatever that looks like for that day, right? We might, we might have an idea or it's meant to look and be this way, but it's meant to be exactly as it is. So can I just be more willing to be with what is here, that this is life, right? This is, I wake up and I take a breath in the morning, even if all of this other stuff is showing up, yeah, but I'm waking up and taking a breath, right? I am here. I am a part of this life. I do have choice, even if it feels like I don't yet, of how and what I want to allow to come into my life, right? Yeah, so, and, um, yeah oh. I was just going to say a big piece too with my daughter, right? It's like, yes, we can manage this illness. We can manage this thing. But in that playful child, she wanted to play, right? So it was like, what can we bring in? And she started making candles and she started doing, a, you know, just fun, creative things, couch bound, right? But it was, this is still my life. I am still living my life. It may not look how it looked months ago. It may be different, but I can still choose what, do I, what I want to allow to come in, mm -hmm. right? So I can still choose creativity. I can still choose joy. I can still choose to let these things come in, um, you know, spending time with family or whatever it may be within the realm of what is possible. And that in that moment, you still have power to choose and let that come in. Yes. Yeah. And Judith, stay curious too, because there's certain ideas with diabetes that it can't be healed. So you just have to manage your way yeah. for the rest of your life, but it's not true. And I, um, in Kim's like mentorship program, someone in there, their child had diabetes and resolved that by just like the parent opening up and healing what was within them, the yes. child healed. 
So it is possible to heal from diabetes. So just get curious. Like, what if I don't have to manage all this kind of stuff? What if it could be easier than this? Um, Someone was asking about like, if you're having trouble breathing, breathing is a challenge challenge for the person. So I would say that your body doesn't know the difference between the real and the imagined. So if you imagine the breath coming all the way down to your belly and like a red balloon inflating and deflating as if you're breathing more fully, all the way down to your belly instead of in your chest, which is fight or flight, like that will s- start to create that your body body can't tell the difference. Yeah. And so, allow the breath to come in in whatever way it can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. When I first, prior to this work, but I, I really struggled with breath and I for a long time could not take a deep breath. And yeah. so I joined a yoga practice and that like, I'm going to learn how to breathe. And it didn't, change, right? I did the six month yoga course and I still couldn't take a deep breath. And it was, there was so much tension in my body. There was so much fear unknown because I didn't, this was pre sort of all my diagnosis and symptoms. I just, I was in fear and I didn't even have awareness that breath wasn't allowed to come in. Right. So allow it to come in, in whatever way it can. It doesn't have to be like a full deep embodied breath. If it's just a short, more shallow breath, it's okay. You can start with that. Yeah. And Kim, you could also use tapping right now if, yeah, because tapping is a way to release energy and move energy without breath. Although breath really accelerates EFT tapping if you're breathing while you're tapping, but like maybe you could just start with tapping right now. Yeah. Um, Paula's saying, what if trust feels like giving up, falling into mediocrity? So Paula, when I quote, surrendered, it felt like I was giving up. Like I had tried everything to heal and it wasn't working. And I actually quote, like gave up. I was like, nothing works. So I'm done. But what actually happened in that moment was I released trying so hard. So I came into a different frequency and a different consciousness when I quote, gave up. There was an opening there that allowed Kim's work to come into my life. And then I healed from depression like instantly. So there's nothing wrong with giving up. It doesn't mean you're not going to do anything or be mediocre. It actually means when you soften and surrender more, you're more connected to your wisdom. You're less in resistance and you can access different solutions. So that's yeah, what, I what are you actually giving up? Right? Yeah. What is it fighting. that I'm giving up? I'm giving up fighting. Yeah. Fighting is something that wasn't serving you in the first place. Yeah. If you really pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's this one? Let's say your consciousness hasn't shifted yet and you have a chronic lung disease where there is structural damage to your lungs and get frequent lung infections. You get fevers. Okay. I would like to have clarity over when to take antibiotics or not. I've learned to feel that if I take antibiotics, I'm doing myself a disservice and won't get real healing or I will be kept back. Okay. So I know Jess, you can definitely speak to this because you went through the antibiotics thing. Yeah, Um, I was on antibiotics off and on for over five years. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a piece where there's a wrongness, right? It's wrong if I take an antibiotic, which it isn't, right? So it is, yes, finding the clarity of what is going to be right for you. For me, that's what was told to me. That's all I knew. And so that's what I chose, right? And I was often on them for, I had chronic ear infections and chronic strep throat for an entire year prior to my diagnosis. So it was, you go on antibiotics, I would go off them for a week and they would come back, I'd go back on them. And 
what ended up actually happening for me is after I relapsed, I went back on antibiotics for about eight months. But the first month, I didn't know that they weren't really serving me anymore. And the second month, I didn't know that they weren't really serving me anymore. And the third month and the fourth, and it took me to month eight to have the clarity to say, ah, oh, it's actually not serving me anymore to do it this way, right? So it's okay that I didn't have that clarity in month one. It's okay that I didn't have that clarity in month two or three or four. It's okay that it came in month eight. And then the clarity came in of this actually isn't, I'm not feeling better. It's not serving me. It's not really doing anything for me. So I took a pause. I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to be on them. And I'm going to, that sort of shifted me into, let me see what else is possible. But it wasn't wrong that it looked that way. It wasn't wrong that I was on them for five years. It wasn't wrong that I went back on them for eight more months. It wasn't wrong that, um, you know, if I get, um, you know, my mother just had pneumonia and she was given antibiotics. It's not wrong that she took those antibiotics to get, to get well. Now she didn't take it in the way the doctors were like, here, take, you know, triple the dose. And she was like, that doesn't quite feel right for me. So I'm not going to do it that way. Right. Again, it's like the information can come in and then I'm going to use my own clarity of what feels good and nurturing for my body. So if it feels good and nurturing to take those antibiotics at that time, let that serve you. Let that be okay. It doesn't mean that the next time is going to look the same, but in that moment, right? Just breathing into what is here for me. Is this going to source me? Is this going to nurture me? Is this going to make me feel better? I can choose it and don't make any of it wrong to allow something like an antibiotic or something else to come in, in that moment to, to nurture you. That's mm -hmm. what we want to choose a medication from or a treatment from or a practitioner from. Is this going to nurture me? Is this going to serve me? Does this resonate with me? As opposed to like fear of like, oh, if I don't take this thing, I'm going to, and that was a fear of mine. Like if I'm not on antibiotics, I'm going to relapse and I'm going to like be bedridden again. And like, it's going to look this way. And it didn't, it didn't have to look that way, but the fear can show up. And then that might keep me on them longer. <gasps> yeah, I better not. I'm too afraid to stop them. So I'm going to keep going. Right. And until mm -hmm. we have the clarity, it's okay to do it that way. It's okay to bring something else in to support you in that moment. Yes. Yeah. So true. Okay. For this person that thinks like it's harder for them because they have ADHD. Yeah. Um, what I would say is like, you're giving your power away to this diagnosis Diag and condition. Yeah. So yeah. I would get curious, like, does it actually need to be hard for me because I have ADHD? What if I could still access this and access yes. total joy and peace and all of my heart's desires, even though I have ADHD? Like just yeah. getting curious so that you're not giving your power away is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Paula was saying, like, what if you feel dependent on someone else? So I would say, so you are your own source. And then that might be channeled through other people and other things like a practitioner or a person supporting you financially or whatever, but you are your own source. So your frequency is what creates how sourced you are. So if you still make the most important thing you do is to welcome what you're feeling to change your frequency, you'll see how sourced you are. You'll see how much life takes care of you. It's like that reel that Kim posted the other day. Um, you haven't seen how life shows up yet when you're in your softness 
openness, receptivity, and in your feminine energy. That's when you see how sourced you actually are and how taken care of you actually are. So even if this person went away or died or whatever, you would still be sourced in like another way, you know? Yeah, I have a, I can share a story on this. Um, mm -hmm. We might be here for a while, guys. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what's doing anything this afternoon, um, but I'll make it, I'll make it quick. But when I was in my illness, I was completely dependent on other people because I couldn't function for myself, right? I couldn't do a lot of these things for myself. And so I became completely dependent on two people, my mother, who I moved back home with at 30 years old, and my aunt, her sister, who was like my second mother and lived in the home. And these were my, my two sources of safety. As long as they were here, I was safe, or so I thought. And so what ended up happening is I was terrified to be alone. I was terrified to be by myself because I didn't trust myself and I didn't feel safe in my own body. So I felt like the moment I was alone, something was going to happen. Something bad was going to happen. Or I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know how to take care of myself. And so this was um, maybe like 10 years ago, not really that long ago. Um, my aunt who my they would take shifts. My aunt would come in the morning and my mother would come in the afternoon. So I wouldn't have to be alone. And my aunt had a stroke mm. and she became completely disabled. She became nonverbal. She became paralyzed. And my mother, her only, her sister now went to take care of my aunt. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die both of the people I depend on are gone. Mm -hmm. My aunt needs help, right? So my mother's going to help her. And my mother's like, I'm sorry, I can't be there for you. I need to take care of my sister. And it was like, yes, of course you need to be there for your sister. And I was sort of thrown into being with myself. Mm -hmm. But it was the very, very best thing that could have happened for me, even though like, here's this awful, messy, hard situation, right? But it actually showed up for me to show me that they actually weren't my source. They were not my safety. That, uh, that was me. I just didn't know it yet. So sometimes, yeah. right, life will throw you into a situation that feels like overwhelmingly scary and hard and it's like there's no way i'm getting through this but mm -hmm. it actually showing up again for you to show you that you are i was capable i yeah. i reconnected with myself during that time because i had to i had to be my source i had to take care of myself and learn how to be alone with myself and feel safe again which is exactly what it did and it just changed so much in my life that i never mm -hmm. needed to rely on someone again. Um, but had that experience not happened, I, who knows, it may have continued on for, I, they could still be here with me now, <laughs> right? It may have continued on for a lifetime. But so sometimes when life shows up in a way like a child getting sick or a parent getting sick or you getting sick or whatever it may be, it is actually here to show you how powerful you are, even when you aren't aware yet that that's available for you yeah it's in those moments that you actually realize your true power 
Like I remember I used to like count down the days till my next session with Kim because I still kind of thought she was my source. Yes. And then I ended up having a really scary, stressful situation that happened like in between our sessions because we only had one session a month, right? And it was so scary. Like I even thought like the cops were going to have to get involved. Like I felt completely powerless. I thought there's nothing I can do. And so I just welcomed my fear and powerlessness because I literally thought there was nothing I could do. And then the problem went away. Something I thought like there is no solution. Nothing can be done. So it's in those moments that you actually realize your power and how sourced you are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this person's asking, can you be in curiosity when you're in fight, flight and freeze? Um, yes. But I would say if you're in fight, flight and freeze, I would actually use the instant elevation tool first. And then I would use the curiosity tool, right? Like you can, you can like just take a few, it can take as little as three breaths to get out of fight or flight. Sometimes you need more than that, but I would say do that first and then you can get curious. Um, but yes, yeah. you can still be in curiosity when you're in fight, flight, freeze. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, at, you can even ask like, what is the fear here to show me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, that's, that's sort of curious, yeah. uh, a more expansive curiosity question. <laughs> what? Why is this fear showing up? What is it here to show me? Because there's yeah. always going to be a message, even if we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, Ingrid's asking, how can I shift the need to get a diagnosis? Yeah. So you don't te technically have to do that, right? Like with Kim, it was once she got her diagnosis, then she realized, oh, this is so not true for me. Um, but if you can just love the one who feels like she needs this, even though she doesn't need it, um, and if it was truly serving you to get the diagnosis, you will get the diagnosis. If it's not That's serving right. you, you maybe won't get the diagnosis. Um, and I would just pause and feel the fear that comes up if you don't get the diagnosis, because you feel like you need it so that then you feel maybe less fear. Maybe that's why you feel like you need it. So if you welcome more of the fear, you won't feel like you need it. Yeah, and there's an idea that I think sometimes comes with the diagnosis comes the solution or comes the yeah. answer or comes the, the fix, the cure, yeah. the whatever. Um, and it's not necessarily true that it happens that way. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. It might just be that that solution feels really heavy for you. And yeah. sometimes that's the path someone needs to go down before they're, that's mm -hmm. what Kim had to do before she was really ready to open to something different. Um, okay, there's this one. I've noticed this part of myself that feels very sad and scared. Was Oh, I could totally speak to this. Because um, yes. I felt that same way and I didn't actually need to move through all of my fears in order for something new to get created. I have, I have two stories about that actually. When I first found Kim's work, I didn't understand anything about what I was doing at all. And I just started doing the instant elevation tool while I was in this job that I hated. Like it was like a really dark energy to this job that I was in. Like there was harassment and bullying. And um, I was told I couldn't ask questions. I couldn't ask for help. I, I was being treated like really bad, but I was in the same frequency as that job. And so the I just started doing the instant elevation tool for like a week, even just while I was working, I was just breathing into my body. And then after a week, they literally pulled me out of that job. I was working in the field and then moved me to the office to a different role without me even needing to ask. And I didn't understand why at the time, but it's because just by doing the instant elevation tool, like a little bit and moving some energy, 
I was no longer in the same frequency as that job, which was in a really low frequency. So obviously my whole life had to rearrange itself because I had just come into a different consciousness. Yes. And then that happened again when like my career totally shifted. It was when I welcomed like so much fear that I wouldn't be taken care of so much doubt that there was like nothing that I was meant to do and nothing that I was good at. I had to keep sitting with that for like a while. Like it took me like a long time, like maybe six months or something of continuously continuing to meet that fear and doubt until I finally got to this point where I was like, I know I'm taken care of. I, it's okay if I quit my job. Like I know I'm totally taken care of. And I know that if I'm in my joy, I receive effortlessly and abundantly. And I didn't know what was next, but I was ready to quit my job. Um, And I knew that something was about to shift in that moment because my frequency was different. I wasn't scared anymore. And I had even told Kim a week before everything shifted, like, I think I told her, I think everything's about to change because I could feel like my frequency was different. So I knew everything was about to change. And then I ended up getting laid off and not even needing to quit. And then they gave me a package. And then within two days, like this whole stuff got created where Kim's like, oh, you want to mentor the community? And all I had to do was say yes. Like it was so effortless for me. So that's what I would say to that person. Welcome your fears and your doubts. And also honor if something feels heavy, it's not required. Don't put your energy into things that feel heavy because just follow what's light and you'll be guided to like what you're meant to do. Don't put your energy into things that feel super heavy. Yeah. That's what I'd say to that person. Okay. Is surrendering similar to listening to your body? Yes, I would say. Yes. Yes, it's when you surrender that you really listen to your body and can hear your body. Exactly. If your body's telling you you need to rest, exactly. That's why people get chronic fatigue syndrome is because your body really wants you to slow down and rest and integrate. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I feel like that's pretty much all the questions. Um, For people that want more assistance, this is what we do in the Embracing Health program. It's a year-long program where you get to work with me, Jessica, and Kim live for a whole year. And you can also work with me and Jessica privately at drkimd.com forward slash mentors. And for people that want to learn more about the Embracing Health program that starts in June, you can go to drkimd.com forward slash health. Um, and Kim will be back for Mind Body TV next week, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. She'll be live for Mind Body TV. This was just a special episode with me and Jess. Um, yeah. So thank you everyone for being thank here with everyone. us. Yeah. Thank you this so much. This is so great. And thank love you. you I love being on with you. <laughs> yes, you too. So fun. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim Duramo. For a special download to assist with integrating this work, go to drkimd.com forward slash podcast.